Hello, friends, and welcome to Mindfulness with Mikey, Episode 5. Today on the show, I have an awesome interview with Scarlett Lewis. She is a founder of the Jesse Lewis Choose Love Movement, and she's really inspiring. She is absolutely incredible, and I know that her message will definitely help you through these trying times because things are definitely weird right now. The whole the whole world is under quarantine with the coronavirus, and that includes me and includes my podcast. So I no longer have access to the incredible studio I was using at UConn. I am now doing it uh, remotely from my laptop. I got all the programs and everything, and I am ready to keep the Mindfulness with Mikey show going. I'm very excited, but I do apologize. Please forgive me. The, the quality will not quite be the same as it was in the studio. Uh, as soon as I can get back there, and I will be doing so, but with all the coronavirus craziness going on, I don't quite know when that will be. Thank you for tuning in. I hope that this interview here today can really help you guys through and really give you guys some awesome tips and kind of like a tool belt to use, a mental tool belt to get you through some of these hard times and how to live a more kick-ass life and more peaceful and how to choose love each day. Please subscribe and review if you can. That would be a huge help on my end and it would mean so much to me. And I would love to hear any of your feedback. I have an Instagram page. The Username is at Mikey Mindfulness, one word, M-I-K-E-Y-M-I-N-D-F-U-L-N-E-S-S. So please check that out. Please let me know. And I am so excited to share this interview with you guys. So without further ado, here is my interview with Scarlett Lewis. Alrighty, so I am now speaking with Scarlett Lewis. Uh, Scarlett, thank you so much for... Thank you so much for speaking with me. I think you are so inspiring. I'm glad that we were able to find this time to talk and am- amongst all the craziness going on. So thank you so much. Um, thank you, Michael. I, I absolutely love your Choose Love movement. Fuel connection and personal growth amongst communities, schools, homes, pretty much everywhere. Could you please share some background about your Choose Love movement and kind of what that's come to today? Absolutely. So I started this organization, the Jesse Lewis Choose Love Movement, about a month after my six-year-old son was murdered in his first grade classroom alongside 19 of his classmates and six educators in one of the worst mass murders in U.S. history. Um, When I came home for the first time, I noticed a message that Jesse had written on our kitchen chalkboard. He wrote three words, nurturing, healing, love. Now, they were phonetically spelled because he's, you know, he was just in first grade and learning to write. But I knew immediately that if the shooter, who was a former student of Sandy Hook Elementary School, whose mother had taught at the school, he chose to go back uh, and, and, uh, and cause as much uh, damage as he could, if he had the skills and tools and awareness to be able to choose nurturing, healing love for himself and others. Uh, If he could give and receive nurturing, healing love, the tragedy would never have happened. And so I knew uh, it was three days after the shooting that I was gonna spend the rest of my life spreading that message. And I had uh, a doctoral professor come in uh, who basically said, wow, you know, I've been I'm studying compassion and those three words are in the definition of compassion across all cultures. Um, and we broke down the meaning of each of the words. 
and realized that it formed a powerful and profound formula for choosing love in any situation, circumstance, or interaction you will ever face. Um, this is literally a method to help you take your personal power back uh, and thoughtfully respond with love instead of you know, impetuously react out of fear, which is what we're wired to do. And, uh, and so I've been spreading this message for the past seven and a half years in schools, in homes, and in communities throughout the world. We have a no-cost social emotional character development program uh, uh, for absolutely every age group. We've got a prenatal program, infant toddler, pre-K through 12th grade. We have free programming for homes and communities. And, and this is being implemented uh, in every state in the United States and over 100 countries. And the amazing thing about that, Michael, is that this is all by word of mouth. And uh, I think it speaks to the power of the message, the need, but also um, the power of individuals around the world that are taking responsibility for what's going on in our world and being part of the solution. Wow, that's that's absolutely incredible. I mean, first of all, I guess thank you so much. Thank you for choosing love because I feel that what you experience is, you know, so tragic, and I'm so sorry. Um, but everyone experiences that need for nurturing, healing love. Every, that feeling I really believe is universal. That I believe that's why, through word of mouth, so many people have resonated with what you're sharing is because it is so It is so important to everyone. And, and I, I love that it's not just schools and kids because it definitely is important, but it's important for everyone. And I believe, it, like you said, it could be like a method. That's kind of what I'm hoping really in this podcast is to for people to hear and kind of have like a toolkit of ways that they can choose love throughout the day and to just spark an awareness of when situations arise, how to how to practice choosing love, really. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the baseline is choosing love over fear. It's the most important decision that we make on a daily basis. We either make our choices based in love or fear and the outcomes look vastly different and uh, when we're choosing love just a little bit of neuroscience for your listeners um, when we thoughtfully respond we are working from our prefrontal cortex which we call the human brain and there it's where logic and reasoning reside and that's where we want to be making our decisions from when we make choices from a base of fear we are making them more from our reptilian and mammalian brain, and they're more emotional than rational. And so, you know, just bottom line, you want to be making rational and logical decisions. And you do that by, by having a thoughtful response. And the first step in having a thoughtful response is practicing being present. Um, and I think, you know, this is our message, but it is so important, especially in a time like this, uh, just pause. Um, <clears throat> you know, our brain is wired <clears throat> for survival. 
not not to make us happy or for peace so uh our brains are wired for this kind of situation it's so easy to continue down those anxious thoughts and really spiral down um we have to actually um be aware of that tendency that we have and exert effort towards stepping outside of what is is actually uh, called a negative bias and is really kind of our comfort zone to be more positive and proactive and and to find happiness and peace and we do that by starting with uh practicing being present and uh and that means just pausing and taking a look around um and taking a deep breath and realizing that for the most for most of us right now right here and now I'm, I'm talking with you on the phone i'm sitting in my office in my little farm i'm looking out the window i'm seeing my animals waiting for me to come out and feed them um my son is downstairs he's doing online classes we're well right now we're okay right now we have peace and just kind of realizing that and savoring that and expanding that moment. Um, and then, you know, starting from there, uh, we can bring in the formula. And the formula works in any situation, circumstance, or interaction to lead you to thoughtfully responding with love. And I use this formula every single day, all day long. It's now being taught in in absolutely every setting you can possibly imagine way beyond where I ever envisioned like uh it's being taught in prisons in governmental agencies first responders are using it um the department of health and human services uh it is it is just way beyond what I ever imagined and it's that's how powerful it is and so um if you want I can kind of guide you through how to use this formula to thoughtfully respond with love even in the time of the coronavirus does that sound good oh that sounds perfect i mean yeah this this whole podcast is really inspired by mindfulness and i've almost found Absolutely. that like mindfulness is like kind of it's almost like a cheat code to life if you can if you can kind of grasp it and you can kind of be aware like you said it's so easy to go down these negative thought spirals and i think when people if I think if not anyone, if not everyone, just about everyone does that, but people can be afraid to admit that, to, to let other people know, but I believe it really does happen to so many of us, and to just, like you said, like to be aware of what's going on in this moment can help ground you, help bring you back, and really just help clear your thoughts and help you decide what you want to do, so yeah, I would absolutely love if you could please share, that's, that's perfect. Yeah, it, it's it's so vitally important, and and if we're if we're not mindful, then our lives can get away from us, and uh, and so let's start with courage. We we start our formula with courage. Um, so I'll go through it first, and then we'll go back and we'll take it apart. So uh, the formula is courage plus gratitude plus forgiveness plus compassion and action equals choosing love. And each of those four character values build off each other and strengthen us to be able to consider the next. So it's important that you go in order. Um, we start with courage. Uh, courage is the most important character value 
because we use courage every single day and probably aren't even aware of it. I talk a lot about courage because Jesse showed tremendous courage in his last few moments on earth when he stood up to the shooter who uh, came shooting his way into his classroom and his gun ran out of bullets. And it was during this short delay that Jesse, six years old, called to his classmates and told them to run. They said it's because he told them to run that they ran and he was able to save nine of his classmates' lives before losing his own. And so I talk about that because that's the same courage that we all have within us. And Jesse was a six-year-old little boy. He was very special, but he didn't have anything within him that we don't all have. We all have the courage that Jesse showed on that day. Uh, in fact, he's on the short list for the Presidential Medal of uh, Medal of Freedom, actually, uh, the highest of civilian honors for his act of bravery. And uh, but we all have incredible. that courage within us. We we just have to be aware that we have it and we have to practice it because courage is like a muscle. It can be practiced and it can be strengthened. And of course, there are extraordinary acts of courage like Jesse's. But I'm actually talking about uh, more of the courage that we all show and practice every single day. Um, it's like the courage to be kind to somebody when that person isn't being kind to you. We don't think about it, but that actually takes courage. And by the way, doesn't matter how old you are. <laughs> it's not, this formula is not just for kids. It's for us big kids too. Um, it takes courage to be present, right? It takes courage to take that deep breath and not go down that wormhole. It takes courage to face our fears instead of resisting and avoiding or even running from them to actually sit with our discomfort and find out more about it and face it and resolve it. That takes a lot of courage. It takes courage to do the right thing when no one's looking. It takes courage to tell the truth in some situations. Uh, it, it, takes, it takes a lot of courage to get through the day, putting your best foot forward, especially now when, you know, a lot of us don't feel like doing that. Um, so uh, it takes courage also to practice the remaining three character values. So, so that moves us into, and by the way, we practice courage by doing breathing. By, by doing what we call the brave breath, and that is putting your hand on your heart, your other hand on your stomach. Um, it's just stopping. It's pausing to breathe, and it's, it's, it's actually uh, the kids' favorite part of the whole program is this brave breath, and they do it all the time, putting their hand on their heart, one hand on the belly, um, and that hand on the belly is to make sure that you're breathing from your belly, you're feeling your belly rise and fall, because when we breathe from our shoulders uh, and they go up and down, that can actually um, further anxiety. But when we breathe from our belly, it's very calming. And a brave breath just consists of uh, sitting comfortably. You can stand, you can sit on the ground, you can be wherever you want to be, but it's taking a moment and it's taking a deep breath in. Um, you can count to four and you can hold it for four. Breathe in through your nose. Uh, you want to curl up the edges of your 
uh, mouth, both edges of your mouth, just a little bit to tell your brain that you, you want to get into a positive state, and it literally does. Uh, you want to release the tongue from the roof of your mouth. <laughs> We're all so stressed and anxious that usually uh, you're probably thinking, how did she know that it was there? But we're, we, uh, we walk around like that. And so release your tongue. And that also tells your brain, oh, I'm safe right now. We can, we can relax a little bit. Um, roll, bring your shoulders up to your ears and then roll them back and open up your chest, lift your chin up. Um, and then breathe in through your nose for four, hold it for four, and then breathe out your mouth for four, hold it for four, breathe in for four, courage, hold it for four, breathe out fear and anxiety for four and hold it for four. Actually, uh, we call that the brave breath. The military calls it box breathing, the Navy SEALs. And, uh, and it, it, but it does the same thing. And that is give you your personal power back and put you in control and the present moment. Um, and so that's one way to practice and strengthen your courage. And then that moves us into gratitude. And, uh, I love the quote, uh, happy it's, we're not, uh, happy. Uh, we're not grateful because we're happy we are happy because we practice gratitude and gratitude uh, we call the great mind shifter. So remember I talked about the negative bias that we all have. We all focus on the negative uh, in our daily lives. We have tens of thousands of thoughts that go through our heads, the majority of which uh, experts have said 70 to 80% of which are negative. That means angry, non-productive, and don't serve us. <laughs> and over 95% are repetitive. So we're having those same thoughts going through our heads again and again and again, sometimes for years. And uh, that's our negative bias. It's just how we're all wired to survive. That's why it's there. Um, but we have to be aware of it to be able to overcome it. And a great practice is thinking of something that you're grateful for because you can only focus on one thought at a time. So that means that you can only have either a, a, an angry, anxious, fearful thought or a grateful thought at once. So when, you know, and it takes courage to sit with the sadness and the anger sometimes is telling us something for sure. And those messages to our bodies and ourselves are very important. But when you're ready to shift out of that, you can practice gratitude and think about something that you're grateful for. And uh, by the way, there's always something to be grateful for. Uh, even in the time of the coronavirus, <laughs> you know, we're most likely home, safe with our families, even if they're driving us crazy, they're safe too. If we thought about what life would be like without them, it would be better with them in it. And, uh, you know, we probably most likely can go outside and take walks. We get a break from from life i mean how how often have we said i wish the world would just slow down so we can catch up this is allowing us to catch up so there's a lot to be grateful for we have beautiful days spring is coming i notice that my crocuses are up and my daffodils are almost up and i love flowers and and watching the green buds come up it's new life 
And, uh, and so there's always something to be grateful for. And I would encourage people that are listening um, to put a little notebook by your bed with a pencil. And I would write three things that you're grateful for right before you go to bed that ushers in a beautiful, restful sleep. And then when you wake up, write, thing, write three things that you're grateful for. Make sure they're different than the gratitudes that you had going to sleep. And that's a beautiful way to start your day. You've already gone beyond your negative bias and you're focusing on gratitude. That's rewiring your brain. If anybody's out there thinking, uh, you know, that may be for other people, but, you know, it is what it is. You know what? I am who I am. You know, this negativity, negativity thing, it's kind of worked for me. And I don't know, I don't, I don't want to exert the effort. You know what? It is a little bit of effort, but it is so worth it. And by the way, when you start thinking a different way, you're rewiring your brain towards positivity and positivity has decades of research behind it. And it is so important. When you have a more positive outlook or a growth mindset, you have more options in your life. You have more opportunities. Um, it's it's uh, so incredibly powerful for your health, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Um, the list is too long to list here, but gratitude is really, really important um, to overcome your negative bias and to shift into a more positive attitude. Then, so when you've had the courage to be grateful, even when things in life aren't working out for you, um, that leads us to, and it strengthens us to be able to consider forgiveness for ourselves or other people. Now, it's interesting about forgiveness because when people, everyone heard, I wanted to put forgiveness into this program, they all kind of were like rubbing their chins, putting their heads sideways and saying, uh, ugh, that is kind of a lofty topic. Don't you think it's too lofty for kids? And it's interesting, you know, what we found in the four years since we launched this program uh, for pre-K through 12th grade, forgiveness is the favorite part of all four of these character values in the program. Is that crazy? And, uh, and, and these are middle schoolers and high schoolers telling me this. And, and like, if you ask me what character value I would have thought kids would like best, I would say probably courage because strengthening, strengthening our courage feels really good and it empowers us or even compassion and action because even science tells us everything that we give out, we give back, we get back uh, ourselves. Um, but but it's interesting because kids choose forgiveness. And when I ask them why, they say, um, because it's like a superpower. It feels so good to let it go. And uh, the Greek definition, isn't that great? And oh my God, we don't talk about forgiveness in our society. We don't teach it. Uh, nobody even really knows what it is. And, and let me tell you something. It was the most powerful part of my healing journey after my son was murdered. Um, I, I forgave uh, almost instantly. Uh, and people are shocked by that. They say, oh my God, how could you forgive something like that? That guy murdered your son. And you know, my thought process is, how could I not? Uh, I, knew, I knew right from the start, 
I did not want to be another victim. And my definition of forgiveness is taking your personal power back. And in some situations, it's the only way you can do it. Cutting the cord that attaches you to pain. Um, let me explain. Uh, actually, it was uh, a little story. One of the first public talks I ever gave, I was talking to some at-risk youth. And I was asked to talk about forgiveness. So I was kind of talking about my own personal journey of forgiving and one of the kids raised his hand and they said how could how 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 did you do that like what even is forgiveness and I said that's a really great question I said so I felt like I was attached to the shooter by an umbilical cord and instead of coming you know like the cord that attaches us to our mom that that feeds us nutrients when we're uh growing um but I felt like this cord ran out of my side and into the side of the shooter and all my personal power drained out of me through the cord and into the shooter. I was giving him power over me because he controlled my thoughts because he made me angry, right? Uh, that impact my feelings, how I felt. And then that in turn impacted my behavior. I was angry. Um, I wasn't a pleasant person to be around. So forgiveness to me was a big set of scissors and it was a choice. I took those scissors. I cut that cord that attached me to pain. As soon as I did that, all my personal power ran back into me and it felt so good. I had, you know, and the thing is we, we have these preconceived notions about forgiveness. Oh, well, what do you think of when you think of forgiveness, forgive and forget, right? Well, that makes it an immediate impossibility for me. I will never forget what that young man did to my son. And we feel like, oh, well, they don't deserve my forgiveness. But what you don't understand is that forgiveness isn't a gift you're giving someone else. It's a gift you're giving yourself of freedom, <laughs> of cutting the cord that attaches you to pain, of taking your personal power back. It doesn't mean I condone what the shooter did, obviously. I will never condone or excuse it. Uh, it. It doesn't even mean that I don't hold him accountable. Of course, of course he's accountable. It just means that I, I let go of the pain and I take my personal power back. It's been the single most important thing that I've done in my healing. And uh, I use this, uh, it's, it's interesting. I used this analogy uh, the other evening and people loved it. So think of a spider monkey, okay? This little elusive monkey in Africa and very few people can see them in the wild because they're so elusive. And so you've got hunters that try to capture them, but how do you capture something you don't, you can't even really see. So they devised this thing where they would drill a hole into a trunk of a tree, say, and it would just be big enough to put a few peanuts in. The spider monkeys are very small. They've got little hands. So they put a few peanuts in and then they leave for the night. And the spider monkey 
smells the peanuts. They have a very keen sense of smell. And they stick their hand in to get the peanuts, and they grab them. So you have to make a fist when you grab something, right? But then the hole was carefully crafted so that it's just big enough to put the peanuts in, but you can't grab the peanuts and take a full fist out. So the monkeys are like, oh, they're trying to get their fist out with the peanuts, but it won't come but they won't let go of those peanuts. So the next morning, the hunter comes back and there's the monkey with the fist in the hole with the peanuts. And the monkey sees the hunter coming up. Oh, and he's frantic. He's frantic because he wants to get those peanuts out, but the hunter's coming and he's frantic. He's frantic. He won't let go of the peanuts. So the hunter just walks right up, puts a, a rope around the neck and he's caught the spider monkey. So I encourage your listeners to think about what are the things that you're holding on to so tightly? What are your peanuts? But they're peanuts of pain and suffering. What are the stories that you're holding on to? What are the things that people did that are making you sad and angry? What are those little nuggets that you're holding on to um, that are trapping you, that are imprisoning you, right? With resentment and anger, maybe even hatred. Um, I, 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 I would love for people to consider forgiveness, either for themselves. Sometimes we make mistakes. We have to give, forgive ourselves or someone else and just let go of the peanuts. Pull yourself, pull your hand out of the hole and, and run away. <laughs> Free yourself from the imprisonment of pain and anger and hatred. Take a deep breath and, and take your personal power back. That's what forgiveness gives us. Um, and I spent a little more time on forgiveness because it's so vitally important. Uh, so then we move into compassion and action. And compassion has two components. There is an identifying component when you identify someone in need. And then there's the action component when you actively do something to help ease that need. Now you see that we have, we, we say it as compassion in action because we focus on the action component. This anxiety that we're all feeling, especially right now, the opposite of anxiety is action. So when you look at the first part, the identifying part, sometimes that includes empathy. Empathy is important for relationships. However, because of the way we're wired, we have the tendency to kind of crawl down in the hole with people who are in need. Um, and we feel what they feel. That's what empathy means. And if somebody's feeling pain, we feel that pain too. And so empathy lights up the same receptors in our brain as physical pain. It's a painful process. And there's something called empathy burnout or empathy fatigue. You can only feel someone else's pain for so long then you have to turn away but that's the beautiful thing about compassion compassion has that second component it's that action component when you actively do something to help ease another's pain and there's so much science behind the benefits of doing for others uh, and and when we do that all of the nurturing healing love that we give out, we get back. And that's actually scientifically proven. It elongates our life. It's good for us physically, mentally, and emotionally. It's really powerful. So now to put it all together, when we've had the courage to shift our thoughts from negative to positive, when we've had the courage to actually 
forgive ourselves or someone else, or forgive, cut our cord that's attaching us to pain. And then when we have the courage to step outside of our own lives, our busyness, our, our social media, our video games, our workouts, our family, friends, even our own pain and suffering to help someone else. We've chosen love. We've thoughtfully responded with love. When we thoughtfully respond to any situation, circumstance, or interaction with love, we've taken our personal power back. We're actually making the world a better place. We're putting out a ripple effect that has no end. When we react to situations, circumstances, or interactions with anger, hatred, or revenge, we're literally giving our personal power away. We're becoming victims. That is the very definition of lack of control. When we feel like we don't have control in our lives, we do not feel good. It does not feel good. It makes us anxious, frustrated, angry. So we can take our personal power back by choosing love. And by the way, we can't always control everything that happens in our lives. Like certainly we can't control this coronavirus. And it and that, you know, may alone makes us feel anxious and afraid. And we but but the one thing we can always control is how we thoughtfully respond. And even in this time of the coronavirus, if we can thoughtfully respond with love, we are taking our personal power back, making the world a better place, and we will emerge from this stronger, more grateful, more forgiving, more compassionate than ever before. Scarlett, you are so inspiring. Wow. I feel like so many people can... and myself included, it can be hard to forgive. It can be hard to like, well, how can I forgive? But to hear you and to hear your story and your experiences and how it has really helped you out, I think hearing you say it can really help me and I hope really help others realize that, you know, if Scarlet Scarlett can forgive and after her experiences, you know what? I can too. I can too. And I, lo- I love that expression of cutting that cord of freeing yourself. My my dad tells me that hanging on to hanging on to hatred or hanging on to those negative feelings, it's like drinking poison and hoping that the poison hurts someone else. And I think that's Absolutely. I love that. It, yes. Right that that's what popped into my head when you talked about that cord. It's you you need to free that cord. You need to stop drinking that poison. And the courage, wow, like ah wow, that's where it all starts is to that courage to be aware of what's going on. And it, it does take courage when negative things are going on because when negative things are going on, it's easy. It could be easy or negative feelings or negative thoughts. It could be so easy to just rush to make them want to go away, uh, you know, do something else or sadly in college, maybe rush towards alcohol or different substances to try to make that feeling go away. But the courage to acknowledge when you're feeling that way and to to be mindful and to really evaluate what's going on to stay grounded and like like you said uh taking deep breaths or writing down three things at the end of the day at the beginning of the day like these you know that's it's not rocket science it's not it's not impossible it's something that it's so applicable and it's so i mean i can take i think every single human can take breaths you know it's that's we. <laughs> that's what we all need to do. But hearing you say that, it, wow! I mean, wow. Well, you're 
You're so right, Michael. It's not rocket science. I mean, we've all heard of these things before, but we may not have heard them said in this way or put together like this. This literally is a simple method for taking your personal power back. However, simple isn't always easy, right? There is effort. We do have, we, we are wired with a negative bias. So it does take courage to step outside of that. And it does take effort. But I can tell you, it, it's, not, it's not a whole heck of a lot of effort. And what you get back for the little amount of effort that you put in is tremendous. And it is so worth it. Do you want to be calm and peaceful? Do you want to have a, a, an anxiety-ridden, fearful life? Or do you want to be calm and peaceful? I mean, that's the bottom line. Do you want to have health-connected relationships? Do you want to be able to manage your emotions? Do you want to make responsible decisions? Do you want to be able to grow through difficulty? Because as human beings, that's how we're shaped and molded. That's what we teach in the Choose Love uh, for Schools program. That's what we teach. And here's the interesting thing. You were talking about your tool belt, Michael. You know, when we're born, we have this little tool belt that's invisible, but it's there. And as we grow, our parents give us tools. Our teachers give us tools. We pick up tools and skills along the way. Sometimes those work for us when they're when we're kids. And then when we get a little bit older, they're, they don't work for us anymore. And we have to get rid of them. And the, this formula is literally the most amazing tool I've ever found. And everyone has it now, has it in their tool belt. They can use it. They can take it out. Um, I don't always use it, but I can tell you that when I don't and when my thoughts begin to spiral down that negative path, uh, I know how to correct it. That doesn't feel good. And I'm aware enough to feel myself doing it. And then I correct with the formula. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. You have to learn these skills and tools. You don't, they're not something that you're born with. Uh, and they're, they're actually called essential life skills. Um, and you have to learn them. And by the way, if you didn't learn them from your parents and or in school, you don't necessarily have them. I was 44 years old when Jesse was murdered and I started researching and, and I've dedicated my life to be part of a solution. And, and so I just learned these skills and tools then, and it has made a huge difference in my life. Absolutely phenomenal. And I would, I would never go back uh, to the way that I was before. I, I would, I would love to have Jesse back, of course, and I would do it if that was possible. But that's not possible. Um, these skills and tools enhance your life exponentially. Uh, I, in fact, I believe that they're a human right that that every child should uh, should be taught these skills and tools because we know through decades of research that that they're the key to happiness in life and success and uh, the ability to lead a meaningful and purpose-filled life. Um, We have it all and we give it away. And, you know, the reason that our programming is no cost is because I believe this would have saved my son's life. It would have saved the life of the shooter and it could 
reduce and prevent so much of the suffering that we see in schools that then translates out into society because obviously it doesn't stop when we graduate and and that's the key though it's uh you know how we're wired uh with our negative bias to focus on the issues and so we've seen that anti-bullying that's focusing on the issues even our substance abuse awareness programs focus on the issues. Uh, we we talk about mental illness. Uh, we wait until there's an issue, and then we focus on the issue. This is completely different. This is proactive prevention. It's giving kids and adults the skills and tools um, so they don't have to begin that that long uh isolating depressing um pathway to suffering that leads to so many of the issues that we're seeing um it's funny i see these uh, yard signs around and they say hate has no place here right and i think that's the old way of thinking that's our negative bias that's focusing on the negative what's the first word that you see hate Hate (laughs) has no it's a double negative right off the bat do you see the difference between that message and choose love (laughs) it's it's different and it's it's you know it's I've had to educate people as I've gone along. I realize it's not what we've been doing. And, but by the way, what we've been doing isn't working. (laughs) And what's doing the same thing over and over again, it's called the definition of insanity. Um, This is a different way of thinking. Yes. It takes us outside of our comfort zones, right? It definitely does. So little did I know seven years ago, part of my job was going to be to cultivate the courage in in individuals that it takes to do things outside their comfort zone in a different way. Um, but it is a way that is effective. We know this through decades of research and we can actually reduce and prevent the suffering that leads to a lot of the issues that we're experiencing in schools that then translates out into society. We could reduce and prevent it with what I've been talking about today. So vitally important that I've dedicated my life. I quit my job after Jesse's murder. And I thought this is this is something that can change our world. And I want to empower people to understand this and then to take responsibility for what's going on in our world and be part of the solution. Um, when we do that, it feels better for us because we're not victims, we're not blaming, we're not fault-finding. Um, all of those things are a part of our negative bias, but they're just a weak attempt to off-put our pain and responsibility onto someone else. When we take responsibility for what's going on in our world and we act, remember the opposite of anxiety is action, and we act to reduce it, that is when we take our personal power back. That's when we're part of the solution. And that's when we start creating the world that we want to live in. You're making me you're making me tear up a little bit, but feel good at the same time. It, well, you mean... know what's funny, Michael? I was at um, 
I was at a school the other day and they were giving out starfish awards and uh, starfish awards for uh, kids and and educators that were really uh, uh, choosing love in, in the in the best and brightest of way as role models for others. And uh, so we all gathered around the stage to get our uh, group picture taken. And then everybody kind of went off back to their classes and everything. And I heard these sobs behind me. And I turned around and there was this little boy sobbing behind me. And I just, I could turn around and I just put my arms around him. And I said, are you okay? And he said, I'm just feeling so much pain for you, for your son. And I said, I know, I know, I feel that pain too. And he said, but I'm just feeling so much joy for us and for the world. And I said, I know, me too. And he said, I'm feeling both. I'm feeling pain and joy at the same time. And I said, I feel the same way. <laughs> it was precious. He was able to articulate what I was feeling. And and I think it's such an important message and it hits, uh, everybody understands it. Look, we're all the same as human beings in the want and need to love and be loved. All of us. We're all the same in that. It doesn't matter how old we are. It doesn't matter where in the world we live, what color our skin, what religion or non-religion, uh, if we're what gender, it doesn't matter. We all are united in the want and need to love and be loved. And by the way, we all get sick. We know that now. There's another similarity. We all feel pain. We all suffer. Yet we all just want to be happy. And the best way to do that is by taking your personal power back and thoughtfully responding in any situation, circumstance with love. It's the pathway uh, to to nonviolence and to having a, a, a peaceful and loving world. And we all need to take responsibility and be part of that. I love your message so much. I, I am sure that it will resonate so deeply with everyone who listens. And I love how you, like, it's universal. It, I love how your program is it is helping out kids in schools. And I think that this should just be integrated into into schools just as another class or another thing. Because it's such a, it's a valuable life skill that can help you with so many other aspects of life. But it's also applicable in the work, workplace or communities. Or even, you said earlier that Navy SEALs are practicing. They have different words for the breathing, the box breathing, I think you called it, but it's, it's, it's the same thing. And it, it, it really does. It taps into all of us. It taps into all of our hearts. And I think part of the problem is no one talks about it. Or if you feel these, you, you can't, it's not okay to share like that. Like little kids are all awesome. I, I, they're very honest. They're, you know, he's like, I'm feeling joy and I'm feeling sadness. And, but you know, yeah. if that was in high school, maybe the, maybe a boy would be afraid to say either of those things. Cause he couldn't share his yes. feelings. And I think it's so important to just be honest that, yes, we do have feelings. We had, That's how people work. It's okay to have feelings. It's okay to have – feelings are they're morally neutral. They're good and bad. It's kind of what you do with those feelings that can create good or bad. And just to be honest and compassionate with yourself, thank you so much for all you're doing. It, you're making the world a better place, and I hope sharing your message can help other people continue to make a, the world a better place. 
Thanks so much, Michael, for the opportunity to share the message and for you sharing it out. It's going to help. That's what a movement is. We're the Jesse Lewis Choose Love movement. We're word of mouth. So anyone listening, um, you can help by spreading the word. And I'm so grateful. Are there ways for anyone who's listening to bring your program to their school or community or workplace or things like that? Or how would people go about doing that? Absolutely. Uh, For any students out there, I would tell your teachers about the program. Uh, Tell the administration at your school, your principal, your superintendent. Um, Tell them that you think that you need it. Less than 10% of schools in the U.S. have a comprehensive year-long social-emotional learning program that's taught in the way that uh, it needs to be taught to uh, impact the culture of the school. It's actually the number one way to have a safe school (laughs) is uh, having a a loving, connected, compassionate culture. And, uh, and so this, this definitely can help Um, kids all over the country are taking the message and bringing it to their schools and saying, we need this here. Um, and, uh, parents that are listening, um, we have an at-home program for, uh, for parents with elementary school kids. And then we also are putting online again, uh, a program for a little bit older kids and it's a little bit more in depth with longer videos, but, um, but it's, but it's, it teaches the educator and the parents right alongside with the students. Um, because by the way, We have to learn this stuff, but even if you're listening and you say, I already know everything she said, we have to practice it every single day. We're practicing our social and emotional intelligence every day. Life is such that it provides us wonderful opportunities to be able to do that. And so we do have to practice it every day. So even if you think you know all this, Um, You do have to practice it. And so uh, communities that want to get involved, we have communities across the country. We've got police departments. um, We've got small businesses, pediatricians, libraries, bus drivers, uh, you name it. Um, We've got uh, so many people around the country doing this. and, And we really need to unite and have this be our message of choosing love over fear. Um, We can do this. Uh, I would sign up for our daily dose of love. It's a daily email uh, and it highlights students, educators, uh, parents, uh, communities, workplaces that are choosing love. So it highlights those. Uh, We're looking for corporate sponsors for that, um, right? Everything that we do is uh, free, um, but our workplace program, uh, we we do have a price for, and all of that money goes back into our foundation to support free programming for schools, homes, and communities, because this is so vitally important, especially now. So I would go onto our website. I would sign up for our daily dose. I'd sign up for our regular newsletter. Uh, I would help spread the word. I'd just start talking about it. I would start talking about the formula. If you see somebody that's in need, say, I heard about this formula for choosing love and look do you want to do a brave breath with me i mean there are so many different ways that you could help spread this and uh so so visit our website our website is chooselovemovement.org 
chooselovemovement.org and uh, check it out and send us a message. Uh, you know, share on social media. That's a great way to get this message out. So many different ways. Be creative. <laughs> yeah, and, and when I upload, I will be sure to share those links and share all those things and, and all that. And oh, my goodness, I'm so glad that we were able to find this time and Especially with all the craziness going on in the world right now with coronavirus, I think that people really do need to. This is an opportunity that set people maybe people to, to to take a step back and rethink things. And I'm I'm sure that your message will help so many people. And I'm I'm so grateful and so glad that I had this opportunity to speak with you. It really means so much to me. Awesome. Me too. Thank you so much, Michael. And be well and stay safe. Thank you. Stay healthy, and I'll be I'll be saying prayers for you. I hope. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you. Prayer works, and I appreciate that. You're welcome. Have a nice day. Thank you. You too. Bye bye. And that concludes my interview with Scarlett Lewis. Scarlett, thank you so much for speaking with me. You were so inspiring and I you inspired me and I bet you are inspiring every person who hears the, your message thank you to everybody for listening to this podcast I I hope you all are doing well during the crazy coronavirus times and I hope that you guys are staying healthy that your families are healthy that you guys are taking care of your mental health and this really can be a it's very stressful and anxiety inducing time but it really is a time that we have a chance to step back from the world and think about things and I really hope that you guys can take the time to listen, really listen to what Scarlett said and use these things to help us during these crazy times because this really can be an awesome time for growth and change and helping us practice to choose love throughout each day. And yeah, so thank you so much for tuning in. I wish you all well. Please practice loving kindness and and please spread Scarlett's message if you have a chance or if you can bring it to your community to your school to your workplace to wherever you are i promise that it will better your communities your space so thank you so much and to end i am going to leave you guys with tumble by goose because music makes everything better love you guys